Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Get Literary. Uh, this is Rachel and Amanda and our very special guest and friend, Kel. Hi, Kel. Hello. We're so glad you're here. Oh, me too. And we're very excited to talk Fine. about Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell, which was your pick this week. Heck yeah, man. Um, had to. All right, I'm going to read a quick summary and hope that I don't butcher this one as badly as I have been for the past three episodes. We're doing great over here. While the Iscat Empire had long dominated the system through treaties and political alliances, several planets, including Thi, have begun to chafe under Iscat's rule. When tragedy befalls Imperial Prince Tam, his Thean widower, Janin, is rushed into an arranged marriage with Tam's cousin, the disreputable Kiem. In a bid to, to keep the rising hostilities between the two worlds under control, but when it comes to light that Prince Tam's death may not have been an accident and that Janin himself may be a suspect, the unlikely pair must overcome their misgivings and learn to trust one another as they navigate the perils of the Iskak court, try to solve a murder, and prevent an interplanetary war, all while dealing with their growing feelings for each other. Dun dun. <laughs> oh, before we dive in, I forgot to ask, what are y'all drinking? Ooh. Nice black coffee for me. It's like gloomy out and dark and it, it was coffee day i've got a the largest oat milk latte i could find with four shots of espresso dang that's awesome Hell, i applaud you there's only so much caffeine like that i can consume before i just become a jittery unhelpful mess like i it just starts to go backwards i'm like i don't feel productive I'll have a coffee and then I have too much coffee. And then I'm like, well, I'm back to being unproductive, but shaky now. So that's good. I did that yesterday where I had coffee and then I got an iced coffee. And then I was like, why did the iced coffee make me tired? <laughs> I, went, I think I went past the caffeination point and back to tired. I was like, well, that's not fair. I spent money on iced coffee. My working days, it's a, uh a large iced Americano with no water with seven shots of espresso and some oat milk in it. Do you go to like a higher plane of existence with that? Cause I feel like I, my brain would just be like next level galaxy braining if I had that much caffeine in my body. You would, you would think, but no, <laughs> I think it's, it's a caffeine dependency at this point. That is, that is fair. I am drinking dryad tea it's this tea that my roommate and i tried they're all like fun names and fancy flavors this one is called lick me and it's chocolate and orange <laughs> a tea pair that is good enough to lick deep and promising great with a touch of milk we wanted to get fancy with tea because we were bored because quarantine chocolate and orange i don't think i've ever had that together if i'm being honest you know people eat those like chocolate blood are they blood mm -hmm. oranges or they're oranges um they're i used to work in a candy store we would have like chocolate orange peels like peels that are dipped in chocolate and then i've had other ones that i think are like mandarin oranges dipped in chocolate interesting but then there's the orange 
just like the big chunk of chocolate shaped vaguely mm-hmm. like an orange that you're supposed to smash. I've had that and I'm not a chocolate orange fan. Okay. It's pretty good. I like it. It tastes definitely a lot more chocolate than orange in my opinion, but it's still good. Maybe I'll give it a try. I'm usually not like a, a chocolate plus something else kind of person. I'm like, just give me like the dark chocolate and mm. anything but white chocolate. I'm not a fan of white chocolate. The only white chocolate I like is the Hershey's cookie and cream bars. Um, yeah. Those are good. Those are very good. The only thing I like in my dark chocolate mm. is salt. I love salted dark chocolate. It's so good. Oh, sorry. Actually, Kel, did you want to give an introduction? Or uh, we're just going all out of order today. <laughs> Everyone's like caffeinated, so we're just jumping all over the place. Sure. I am, as it has been established, I'm Kel, and I am a bookseller of much renown, but probably not. Oh, much renown. We'll say it is. <laughs> but yeah, we were, ex- and we were excited that you picked Winter's Orbit. What made you decide to pick this one? Well, I remember when I first heard about it and I'm still on a really big sci-fi kick because I'm a big mood reader. That's why I don't do a lot of net galley with the scary percentages. Um, So when I got the physical advanced reader copy, I just loved the cover so much. I requested it and then I entered a contest and then I won a second copy and then I gave it to a really good friend of mine who's also a bookseller. But just hearing about the arranged marriage, that first line really got me. Well, someone has to marry the man. Greatest opening line. But I think most of it was the first glance cover. And then I saw who else had enjoyed this book from the blurbs. And it's all of these authors that I really, really like. Like Nina Rather with the Sisters of the Vast Black. I loved that novella. The Unspoken Name by Larkwood, one of my favorites. Silver in the Wood, Emily Tesh. Oh my goodness, that duology. I need more in that universe. So between the cover and those authors that blurbed on the back and then Anne Leckie on the front, I'm like, I have to read this book. If all of these other amazing authors love this book, I have to read it. And so I requested it and I read it and yes it is definitely faced out at the store and it's on the table right up front by the doors yay I agree though this really did get some really awesome blurbs which is which is great to see um but where do we want to start the tropes also if anyone listening here there be spoilers so if you don't want to get spoiled pause here oh and also um we did uh, a little bit of digging high and low and could not find uh exact pronunciations for the names so if we are pronouncing them wrong um feel free to polite uh politely and very very nicely correct us we are just going off of what our brains told us while we were reading it so and now to the bears 
bears. Bears and doves. The wildlife in this book, though. So you hear bears and doves and you think, oh, those, like the whole thing with the chonky bears <laughs> in the wintertime. You're like, oh, cuddly, fluffy, but murderous bears. And then you've got the doves and it's like, oh, really not smart, but wonderful birds, doves. They're so sweet. And no, they, no, not in this book. No, <laughs> they're like vultures. You guys hit the bears uh, way before I did. And so I think I remember like texting something forget what part I was texting about and then y'all were like oh wait for the bears and my brain <laughs> jumped through, like okay they're in the middle of the snow like what like black bear grizzly bear like I don't really know we're in space right like and then they were like oh here comes the bear giant like seven foot tall lizard alligator thing called a bear and I just, just I took I had to take a moment I took a moment for sure to just try to picture in my brain what that would look like. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm really glad no one illustrated that because that would haunt my nightmares for forever. I don't know about y'all, but it kind of reminded me of Avatar The Last Airbender with like, you know, all the animal hybrids and stuff. And some of them got like really scary. I was like, wow, this is kind of like Avatar with like the crazy... Like, you call it a bear or whatever, but it's not what our brains would go to for a bear. It's a lizard bear. <laughs> I do want to know why that decision was made. So, um, Everina, if you're listening, please feel free to tell me why you made a bear a big, scary reptile that will haunt my nightmares for forever. The sweet little doves, all of a sudden, not sweet and little. Just big, watch fingers. Yeah, big dumb, like raptor birds that'll just fly into windows, but also take all of your digits off. So that's that's good. That's fun. Then Kim's over there feeding them, <laughs> like the dumb cinnamon roll that he is. <laughs> this boy is handsome. I won't tell him. <laughs> I would feed murderous pigeons. Murder birds. That gather on my window still. That could take my fingers off. That will feed them. Oh, wildlife. Dumb cinnamon rolls. They're both <laughs> so funny and so silly. Like they were they were really killing me that whole time with all they're going around like I I loved I love tropes and this one had some of my favorite tropes in it but like it also had some of the most frustrating ones in my opinion where it was like you know they both like each other but they won't tell each other and it's like they each think the other one doesn't really like them because they're not communicating and they just go like around and around and around it's like just talk to each other why won't you talk yes. to each other just talk to each other you live together you have the space, you have the sofa, just sit down, talk about it instead of just making a hazardous guess that turns out to be more hazardous than what they thought. Think of all the time they missed. No. Yeah. Because they didn't talk. That was my one complaint. I was like, I could do with less politics. Please kiss more. Please just be <laughs> lovely, 
like lovey cute boys in a relationship please 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 like don't tell me about these politics i don't care like just i wanted to just be like and and now kiss just <laughs> hug each other and then kiam is all about uh jainan's hair and he's like you got so much hair it's like well then sit you can braid it oh i would have loved that just braid it brush it out braid it a little bit all the sweet moments that were lost because they didn't talk could you imagine, to each other like, the sexy hairstyling scenes that could have been like oh. the sexual tension hairstyling scenes that we could have had if they would have just talked to each other oh no i didn't even think of that don't tell me that <laughs> like, that's so upsetting he's just like yeah yeah let me give you a braid and like the like ooh, just like the hands through the hair <sighs> dumb cinnamon roll boys so cute but so silly and passing like ships in the night half the time but I must think oh you can't see me nodding I'm nodding <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bookseller it's fine I do I did really love though that Kiem was like i'm gonna give you all the space that you require like we are saying that we love we would have loved them to be together earlier mm -hmm. and just be like cute and romantic and have like sexually charged hair styling scenes but the the space that he gives Janin was like excellent i was like thank you for not throwing yourself at this man who you think is grieving which is fine but who's really just like recovering from domestic abuse and you don't even know it, but you're giving him like the appropriate amount of space and not invading his personal air, like his personal life, like letting him just come to terms with the fact that his, his partner is gone. And like now he's thrown into this whole other relationship and he doesn't know like, that must have been terrifying just thinking like great now i have to marry this person that i that is related to the person that was abusing me for five years so i don't know how is it gonna be the same is this a is this a weird family thing like the flinching the curling in the whole what do you i don't know what you want me to be was heartbreaking mm -hmm. and kiam was just what what's going on i don't get it until much much later he finally figures it out in the meantime us reading it it's like oh this poor kid they're kids i mean i'm almost 40 these poor kids yeah because i don't know i want to take care of you have a cookie mm -hmm. yeah because i don't know how fast y'all clocked something was wrong but i remember like when he did the video call with the sister and she was like, am I allowed to see him? Basically, I was like, oh, no. There's there's something yep. more sinister happening here. And he just did not get that at all. He was like, oh, he must just have like cut his sister off. I was like, oh, this isn't giving me those vibes. Like, I feel like something more domestic abusive. Yeah, forcibly isolated, you know, how um, Tam, that was his name, I forgot for a second, uh, how Tam didn't allow 
Dynan to have any contact with anyone. They, he linked their little bracelet things together so he could constantly monitor what he was doing. So he was really isolating that poor, poor boy, young man. Yeah, it's wild that to think about like the, you know, the all, all like the SFF books and all like the advanced technology that you have that like it gives an abusive partner even more tools to isolate you and be abusive and like using all that, like what's usually, you know, cool futuristic SFF technology. And instead he's using it to be an abusive jackass. Mm -hmm. Constant surveillance for poor Jainan. Then Kiem found out that Tam had done that with the little bracelet thing and he's like what why would why would he do that I don't it's your stuff I don't need to see your stuff and Jaina's like no you can see my stuff I don't want to that's your stuff like the reinstation reinstation reinstatement of boundaries on Kim's part I was like yes 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 you don't know how much he needs this you have absolutely no idea how much he needs you to do this because it's it's like showing him that one you're a good person two like just how bad it was because I feel like sometimes people in that situation don't see how bad that it's gotten unless somebody else is like no that's not right Mm -hmm. that's not how that's supposed to be and so just and how delicately he did it I mean he didn't understand so maybe that's why it was done delicately but I was like yes please Please, please, please help this little boy. He needs this. He needs you to do it. He needs you to tell him that this was wrong. He needs you to stand up for him. He needs you to to yell at the head of security because they have you on this, like, do not contact anyone outside the, like, four people on this approved list. And poor little James, uh, James just sitting there going, like, no, this is, I don't want to be a burden. This is fine. I don't know why I'm on this list but we're good. It's cool. It's fine. And he gave him his own little space in their suite. He's like, you can have all of this space. And Jainan's like, I just need this one drawer. And then this hidden part for this other stuff. And Kim is like, you can have all this stuff. I don't need it. It's your space. You can have the bed and I'll just sleep on the couch. And when they like let him put the flag up, and at first, Kim was like, oh, is it a small flag? And then he was like, oh, oh, no, he's going to get so mad because it's like a giant tapestry of a flag. And then he's like, no, 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 put it on the wall. Put it on the wall. It's your flag. Go for it. Decorate the space. You live here. Yeah, it was It was nice to see like, how like he was given his agency back because he was just so used to being confined and being told no and being in this abusive relationship. And then like his partner's just like, well, no, it's our space. So... That means, like, you have as much right to, you know, decorate the space and take up space as you want to because it's our space, not my space with you living in it. Yeah. yeah your name's on the lease, too, dude. And also, it's like, it's a partnership. It's not, like, one of us in charge, which I feel like it was, like, in an abusive relationship like that, that concept is completely lost. And it's like, no, this person is the one in charge, and I'm just trying to survive. And then being in a new, that new relationship, it's like, no, this is two of us. 
equal partnership. We both do things together and we both take up space here. And it's not like one who has more agency than the other. On a completely different track, I'm still wondering about those weird alien artifacts that they kept finding that they had to turn over to the main people whose name I also forgot. Um, I just have very bad memory. But I still don't know what those are exactly for or what they were from. But I think this is a book one, isn't it? Uh, I'm not entirely sure if anything else has been officially announced. It gave me like feelings that there would be at least more from this author. It had, a it had a finality for a standalone, but it also left it open for more. And I hope there will be more because there's so many questions about um, the whole big person with the weird holographic almost face that no one could really concentrate on and then those alien artifacts that they were collecting that it was illegal to keep and almost destroyed everything because they decided to keep them so I want to know more about that stuff the relationship stuff um, character driven stuff I love but I also want to know more about those I should have reread it recently but I didn't no I know which the like the um the like rock things the um the word is also escaping me but they use them for like important technology things right like that's and like stuff for the the alliances and all of that and yeah. that's why they had to hand them in but then the military used it for a torture device that yeah. they used on china yeah i yeah i hope they go more into it in like other books just because i felt like i didn't totally understand everything with like the more like uh, sff elements like the the rocks and you know, like the technical things and the politics i felt like i didn't totally totally understand everything that was going on there and what it all meant so i feel like it'd be cool to at least have something else within that universe and hopefully explore that a little more just to have like more context as to all that stuff i'm not gonna lie i would love a book too where like they redo the wedding but like with all the pomp and circumstance because oh. they're like okay we're like actually in love now and this wasn't like as much of a forced arrangement because now we know each other and we're working on our issues and we love each other and so instead of just standing in front of people and signing a piece of paper we're gonna have like a whole wedding like a whole like band and all of our family is there and it's gonna be like lovey-dovey and we will yeah, they could do it like a year later and have like almost like a renewing of their vows because now they mean something that would be cute that has been amanda's theme since the start of this podcast like show us the wedding <laughs> show us the wedding you cowards show me the love show, show me the love for 400 pages now show me the extra love because you got jainan and the traditional dress of the saiyan people and his clan and then you've got kiem in like his princely formal dress and all of their friends and family can finally be there because it's not like you're not allowed i would love it i would love that more than it, anything this, it's the only royal wedding i care about <laughs> right well someone has to marry the man yeah someone has Might to as well be cute 
<laughs> I mean, she is she is a thick writer. Maybe she'll like secretly go on AO3 and like give that to us if there's not like more published things coming, or maybe like throw a short story on the website or use that as like a pre-order incentive for the next book. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I was just very. I also I'm a huge fic fan, so I was excited that they picked something up off of like AO3 and made it like a traditionally published work. Cause there's a lot of talent on AO3. I've read a lot of stuff there where authors and like, wow, you're like really, really, really talented. And I'm glad that someone took advantage of that and put it out in actual print form. Mm -hmm. I've actually never read fan fiction. What? Oh no, don't tell me that. Oh. <laughs> no, now I'm going to spam you with like recommendations. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing against fan fiction. I think it's amazing that people can take characters already established and, from what I've heard, spin such amazing, inventive, and original stories. Um, I couldn't do it. I have a hard enough time with anything that I've made up myself, let alone trying to remember entire worlds and universes that other people have created. So it's amazing that people can do that and do it so well that these fan fictions names and stuff are changed and they become published books i've just there's so much around working in a bookstore all day every day uh there's so many books around me that i i just don't run out of reading material but then i put it all away and read manga so it's fine <laughs> i mean i know i know for me a lot of the times i gravitate towards uh because it has a lot more queer representation that I than I often find in traditionally published works. Like I feel like that's slowly changing, but especially with this too, because this is a queer book that started off on a AO3 and is now published. But usually when I'm gravitating towards fic, it's for that specifically because there's still not like, you know, a wealth of it in traditionally published books. Unless you go in young adult, it's definitely there's a lot. I filled mm -hmm. a giant table with nothing but books, um, and I put a sign on it that's LGBTQ plus, um, and it's just full. And there are some that I couldn't fit on there because it's just not big enough. The table's not big enough. Oh wow! So I move things to other displays with other themes, fairy tale retellings, um, and new stuff. So I move them around and swap out titles because there's just so many. It's a mix of sci-fi fantasy and contemporary young adult fiction. And there's just so much. And I love putting that out there for these young adults to read. And Winter's Orbit, I believe, is even safe for young adults to read. I mean, there's nothing explicit. It's implied, but there's nothing explicit. There's no intense gore violence. So this is actually a title that's perfectly fine with for me as a bookseller to say that, yes, young adults can read this. Just like The House in the Cerulean Sea, young adults can read this. I mean, I'm reading it, uh, Cerulean Sea, out loud to my own kid. I've read Murderbot to my kid, as everybody knows. It's her favorite thing in the history of ever. Um, we just kind of censored a few of the swear words and the Mickey part was a little bit softened. <laughs> companion robot was used rather than the slang term so um but definitely winter's orbit i believe is just fine for young adults the themes domestic abuse are also present in young adult books themselves uh, you've got the arranged marriage which is a big trope that a lot of people really like 
that they eventually do fall in love. Yay. And uh, the problematic family members and how people were all looking up to Tam, who was the abuser. Uh, those are all themes that are already present in young adults. So this is an adult novel. Definitely. It's shelved in regular science fiction, but it's perfectly fine for young adults to read too. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like it has a lot of cross genre potential and surreliancy too, because it's it's a sweet romance. Nothing like I mean the bears, but bears. <laughs> it's so sweet. It's such a soft book. Surreliancy, such a soft, nice book. Nice is usually a weak descriptor for books, but this one's just so so nice and comforting. And I believe the cover had a blurb saying it was like a big gay blanket. Yeah. From uh, V.E. Schwab. That was yeah, a great blurb. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Mm -hmm. I feel like Winter's Orbit, just it's just not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. I also did like, and I feel like it is, like we were saying before, that it's appropriate for YA, like YA audiences and adult audiences. And... I particularly liked that at the end he like full on comes out to the newspaper on his own accord because he wants to because he feels like it's time to let it out into the world that Tam was not the person everybody believed that he was and it just gives you that really good feeling of after so many pages of Janin doing things because he felt like that's what other people wanted him to do just being able to like take that dramatic sigh and just being like thank you yes you did it for yourself I'm so proud of you like I'm so proud of this fictional character I'll never meet and all I want to do is just be like yes you did it good great fantastic and especially because at the end somebody else said it too they were like did you tell him to do that and he uh Kim was like, no, he just did it because he wanted to. Like, look at him. He's sitting there. There's a photo of him smiling like a cheesy potato next to <laughs> this reporter that he calls in on his own account, just chilling in a, in a hospital bed. Like, yeah, what's up? How are you? Just Love that journey for him. Back. Yes. Mm -hmm. Laying in the hospital bed. I'm going to tell everybody. It's like, did you tell him to do this, Kim? No, I don't tell Jainan what to do. That is not my place. Nope. Like, Unless like it's, you know, really don't stand weird. in the fire, but that's... Yeah. <laughs> don't so feed the birds. <laughs> but it's just, like, that, I feel like that was really good, like, a really nice way to show YA readers, adult readers, whatever you may be, like, you can do things on your own time. It doesn't matter that it was five years ago. It doesn't matter that it's an important person that everybody like seemed to grow into love because they didn't know like what was happening behind closed doors. Telling it on your own time and because you want to is the more like the more important story to tell and to tell it when you're most comfortable. I feel like was a really great thing to include yeah I definitely agree it made it it made it very powerful that like he kind of found himself again after all that abuse and was able to like make those decisions on his own and be like my partner isn't actually you know 
supportive, normal, functioning human. So, like, this is a decision I have made, and I know he will be supportive and think that I did a great thing, and I don't need to be so stressed about it and, like, afraid all the time. And, like, I feel like it was a great moment of him, like, getting his power back after being in such a terrible place for so long. Because that's, like, a really big thing to work through on your own that was five years of being in that i believe it was five years that's like a long time to be in such a consistently terrible abusive relationship and have a partner like that suppresses you like that that's a huge thing to work through i'm nodding again you can't see it And also, can we just talk about how much I low-key love Belle? Like, she's like, <laughs> the best person to assist Kim Because if anybody else would have assisted him, he would have just been, like, a, a lost cinnamon roll. Like, out in, out in space. Just an absolute mess of a human. Constantly. Because she's like, can you not? I just want to know if you could not for, like, a week so I could leave and go on vacation. Not in like a bad way, just in like a, you just, you have to not be you for a little bit. Okay, because I need a break. Like you're up here at 12 and for a week, I need you to bring it down to like a six, if you can. If you can. But he can't. And then she, she completely maps out everything for him to do every waking moment. And then he just ignores his wristband <laughs> when she's not there to tell him, Kim, check your wristband. He's just like, eh, it's blinking. It's fine. Not important. Which is interesting. Cause I feel like with most other characters and like men specifically, that would have pissed me off being like, why are you useless? Just like, you know, be a functioning adult but for some reason with him it didn't like make me angry or be like ugh this man is useless he was just like such a cinnamon roll and so sweet and pure and I was just like okay he's just yeah, kind he of derpy yeah, he didn't have malicious intents and in ignoring the blinking wristband or relying on Belle as much as he did it was more he knew deep down he was not able to handle that level of responsibility because he's never had to so it's that pure sense of self-awareness that he knew if he tried to do it all himself, he would bungle it and just mess it all up. So he had that sort of self-awareness to rely on people he knew were capable in order to help him clean up his messes and, you know, photo ops and social appearances rather than trying to go through it himself and then have to try to clean it up himself and only make it worse because that happened a couple times in the book I think so he did have that sort of safety net support network that allowed him to be his truest self so in or and because he was able to be that truest version of himself he was able to help Jainan even inadvertently uh, he was able to help Jainan discover that his own truest version of himself by the end of the book where he could stand up or lie back in a hospital bed and explain to everyone in his own time 
what kind of person Tam was, what kind of relationship he had with this terrible, terrible human being that everybody held up on such a high pedestal. So because Kian had Belle there to support him, Jainan also had Belle to support him because they were a unit. So Belle just basically was able to adopt both of these young men and help them because, because Kiem had helped her by hiring her, giving her that chance so she could turn around and help these two lost souls emerge into their own beautiful butterflies. And I think if I was... might wax poetic. <laughs> oh no, this is a good metaphor. We are always looking for a good metaphor. But it was also really nice that Kiem was like, yeah, she's she's going to leave me eventually to do much bigger and much better things. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that is the employer you want to have is somebody who just goes, yeah, they're fantastic. Somebody else is going to give like somebody higher than me is going to give them a fantastic job opportunity. And I'm just going to have to let them go because there's there's they're just great. There's nothing else to say. Kiem would be the one who would push them toward these better opportunities and Belle takes two steps back and it's like, no, no one else can handle you, honey. I'm gonna stay with you. <laughs> she is the mom of the group. Like, there's always one <sighs> mom friend who isn't exactly a mom, who is probably the same age as you, but is the mom friend of the group. That's Belle. That's Belle. Yeah, I know. Um, I have my two best friends from college and I are like, uh, like a trio of three. And I feel like we each have different facets of us that if you combine us, like Voltron, we become the mom friends. Like I am very good at like timing things. My other friend is great at like, the bringing of stuff like always has Advil, always has a band aid, always has a snack like that type of like, the endless purse type of mom friend and the other one is oh, like the transportation mom friend she's like yes i can get us from point a to point b and then like all combined we create one functioning superior mom one friend yeah i tend to be the mom friend i've got ibuprofen snacks fun doodle pads and pens and books and everything in my bag Oh, you need some, you need some Tylenol? Here you go. You need a Band-Aid? I'll get you one. Yeah, I'm the mom friend. That's me. I definitely become more like that, too, since my last job. I was the one in charge of conventions, so I became, like, corporate con mom. So I always <laughs> had, like, Band-Aid snacks, whatever. So I'd be like, where are the rubber bands? I'd be like, here. I have, I'd be like, where did that even come from? It's like... Don't ask questions. You take the rubber bands and go. I have it's my everything. pocket dimension. It's in my con pocket. I mean, conventions are kind of like a pocket dimension, in my opinion. So it's like, don't ask questions. It's a convention. Like, question nothing. Things appear. Things disappear. Time is meaningless. You'll be sick sewing by the kit. end of it. Yes, Cosplay sewing kit. Sewing kit. Some glue. Here's some glue. Extra makeup. Like a yeah. granola bar in case you forgot to eat and are about to pass out. Like, you know, the whole the whole con experience because con stomach is real too. Yeah, Belle would be perfect at a con. 
she would be a great calm mom i'm fully convinced she'd be like that friend that has all the stuff and also would be chill with being the friend that held your bag while you had like the fancy cosplay and you know people are like always asking pictures you always see that one friend who doesn't get upset if you're just like hold my bag and you shock your bag at them we always see like that one friend who's just like chilling on one day like yes i will hold your bag because she would plan everything out too she would be like what do you want to see where do you want to go i have this like master excel sheet with all of these highlighted like this is how long it takes to get from booth a to booth b what we need is to leave five minutes early because you're gonna stop and you're gonna say you're gonna say goodbyes for at least five extra minutes i know you can so we're gonna <laughs> go we're gonna i'm gonna give you a five minute warning and then we're gonna actually have to go okay it's like the mom it's at the playground pick one more thing to do and then we have to go home <laughs> god she would just be i'm just thinking about now like i wish we could have some kind of au someone write an au on ao3 of them being at a convention <laughs> and cosplay and her being an excellent con mom and then being in like hyper extra complicated cosplay getting stopped for pictures every two minutes and constantly flinging bags back and forth i want to see it that would be jainan constantly getting stopped because he wouldn't know how to handle it and then kiam mm -hmm. would be like that should be me oh <laughs> see i feel like there would be a really cute couples cosplay I There's think that would be one cute. That makes a better cosplay than the other. That's very true. That's very true. There's always one that's just like just a little bit better. I've never been to a convention, but uh, just watching anime and different movies and stuff like that. If there's a couple, there's always one. It just comes out better as cosplay, and you know that one would be Jainan, whereas Kiam would be the less flashy one, despite him being more flashy than Jainan. So he would be all sulky. I think Kim would be the least flashy one because he would be like, I have time to put this together. And then would realize that it's like in 48 hours, he has to be at a convention and then would throw everything together, but pretend like he's been working on this for a while. So Belle wouldn't yell at him because she would definitely like remind him constantly that he has to put this thing together for this very specific date. And he'd be like, yeah, 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 I got it. Totally got it on that. And then 48 hours would like, before the convention would just be like, ooh, ooh, I should have started this earlier. Uh-oh. Sequins won't fix everything. And there's always a one, too, that's in the more, like, notable character cosplay. So even if it's, like, not as good, it's like, but this is the character that everyone knows. So this is the like one that's going to get... You could have a get. person dressed up as Link in a pair of brown cargo pants and a green t-shirt and everybody will know it's Link. Oh, one one thousand percent. Like I had a friend, oh what's the name? It's um shoot. It's a what's the video game that has the girl um she has white hair, she's dressed in black and she has like the blindfold. I don't know. I'm looking through and she did this cosplay and it was just absolutely incredible and her boyfriend did like the counterpart oh 2B and uh, 9S I forget what video game oh Near Optima oh. and they were both amazing but I feel like 2B is a lot more recognizable than 9S 
So they both did a great job, but she definitely got a lot more attention. <laughs> but also, I got to say how much I loved the use of tropes in this book because there were so many and they were so plentiful. And I thought they were all really well done and very sweet. Like, arranged marriage, AU. There was only one bed. We must huddle together for warmth. Like, they really made my heart happy. So, I really like in this book how it leaned more towards cute mm -hmm. rather than quote unquote more adult to use bookseller right. language. Mm -hmm. um, like if you're looking for smut, this book doesn't have smut. It no. just has like it's super very adorable moments that you're like, ooh. Like, you'll blush a little bit just because you're like, this is so cute. If this happened to me or my best friend, like, I would be on cloud nine. It's just so adorable and wholesome. And I liked how it leaned more towards that, showing those little happy moments and those sweet moments when a lot of, not a lot, but a bunch of sci-fi and fantasy tend more toward big, dramatic sort of scenes and giant declarations of love amidst weird you know, giant battles and violence. And this is just like, we're going to sit on the couch. Oh. <laughs> or, when, or when they were like tipping the fly, the fly bird, the. Oh, yeah. Practicing so, like, dipping the, the, wing the wing in the water. In the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, why is this so cute? It's so adorable. And I love that they got to have those happy little sweet moments rather than nothing but drama, drama, drama. There, that's mm -hmm. one thing that will make me stop reading a book is if too many bad things in a row happen with no happy moment in there I'll, I'll put it away at least for a while yeah because it gets tiring just being like constant drama constant bad thing it's like and also everything I don't know in real life right now is so dramatic it's like uh, I can appreciate some book drama but I don't need I don't really want a book that's like all drama no payoff really or like no fluff. moment to breathe give me a little bit of fluff mm -hmm. just a little a little fluff. but is why i feel like makes this book a good like cross genre book into being something good for your teens too because it's not like so dramatic that it feels too heavy or too explicit or anything like that you get plenty of light and fluffy and i like that part too drama's good the political intrigue was cool it wasn't so complex that i couldn't understand it but it was complex enough to keep me to keep anybody interested um but then you've got the little fluffy moments going to dinner having something to eat tipping the wings of your flybird in the water and going oh no bears i'm gonna keep the wing of the flybird in longer than you can people who have a lot of responsibility and yet you're taunting each other in this like childlike manner and then he was just like okay your turn and just like <laughs> threw the steering wheel over to the other side and i like for a moment i was just in a state of panic because i was like that middle ground of like transferring the steering wheel what who's flying this plane i know it's on like maybe auto mode for right now but how did you just you were like here Take it. Take the joystick. Stick your hands in just it. Just through the thing across. Like they're being such I don't I don't know if this is the best way, but they're being such boys of being like, no, you do it, no, you do it. Like, oh, I can like do more tricks than you and like da 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 da. And I was just like, oh my gosh. This is such like 
This is so silly, but so cute. Right. I was like, you are you are grown people who are like trying to hold an entire empire together. But yeah, flip the flip the thing upside down. <laughs> Let's see what happens. And then he was like, oh, oh, don't worry. Like my driving's bad. Don't tell Belle. And then he was like, why she'd yell at you? And he was, and then Kian was like, no, no, no. She would be upset that we did this without her. I was like, you go, Belle. You <laughs> rock star for not like not being upset that they were flipping an entire like very expensive flying vehicle upside down to dip the wing in water but just being the one who also wanted to do it like you are you are something else and i love you for that but yeah so i think we're pretty much approaching the end of uh our time talking together um unless anyone else wanted to bring up anything else before we start to head out no i think i've I've said all I needed to say before the second cup of coffee is going to start shaking. <laughs> I just think a lot more people need to be reading Winter's Orbit because it's such an underappreciated gem. I just don't see it talked about very much. So buy it and read it. It's really good. <laughs> it's my shelf talker. From the bookseller herself, read Winter's Orbit. But thank you for joining. Thank you for joining us today, Kel. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for picking up your work. Thank you for having me. It has. And everyone, uh, don't forget to join us next time. We are going to talk about uh, Say My Name by Chanel Miller. So pick it up and join along for our next episode. Thanks again, you too. This was super fun. No, thank, thank you. This was great. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening. Clink. 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 Cheers. <laughs>